This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. And it's brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. On this podcast, we'll be talking about life and kayak fishing. Every week, we'll have a special guest, whether it's a tournament angler, content creator, or just a regular guy or girl who just loves to go kayak fishing. So grab a cold beer, sit back, and enjoy the show. Bass Kayak and Beers is sponsored in part by Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out their full lineup and locate your nearest authorized dealer. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddling Fin Network. We're going live for my podcast for the first time. So, full disclosure, I'm nervous as heck here. So, I got Dan Perry, my confidence man, my wingman, <laughs> to guide me through this in case I have a brain fart, which I guarantee you it's going to happen. How are you doing, Dan? Good, man. Th- thanks for having me on. Glad I could be here for your first live show. It's it's easy, man. I mean, if you mess up, you just hit damn broadcast and and then sh- pull the plug, I guess. I don't know. It's, you know well, the good thing right. is I have you running all the technical stuff. So if I screw up, I just say, you know what? It's this Dan. He's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. Nah, yeah, bl- absolutely. Blame it on me. Uh, I, am, I am easy to blame. Do it. I forgot to tell you on my podcast you have to wear a Cubs hat, not a Sox hat. But we'll let you, we'll let it go this time, just because I'm you're gone. me out. <laughs> so man, we got we got the sec first place and second place winners from the. Let me make sure I get this right. North Texas Kayak Championship um, right. at Fairfield. It was over the weekend. Uh, uh, I think uh, Timothy. Rotman got first place and Silas Garrett got second place. We're going to bring him on. We're going to talk about their big win at Fairfield or their big showing at Fairfield and, uh, you know, what worked for them, how they got to where they got and uh, all that good stuff. So if you guys have any questions, for those of you watching live, if you have any questions, 
put in the comments right there. We'll try to scroll through them and add them to all the questions we have. So let's bring in our special guests. First of all, Tim Rodman and Silas Garrett. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, just excited. Doing to be well. Here. How are y'all? Great, man. Uh, excited to bring you guys in. Again, this is the first time we're going live. I really wanted to, since I'm from Texas, and uh -oh. I think there's a lot of great anglers in Texas that don't have the opportunity to travel as much, uh, do a lot of the national events. Kind of wanted to, especially this season, bring attention to some of the local tourists because I know there's great hammers out there that people don't know about that should get some recognition, you know, and Silas and uh, Raman, you definitely uh, qualify for, for that category. So thank you again for coming to the show. And uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your big win at Fairfield. First of all, um, Timothy, let's start with you. Um, what, uh, what areas did you start fishing on, on Fairfield? Oh, going, going straight for it, straight for yeah. the, to the heart. Oh, you know what? You're right. Again, this is my first time doing it. You know what? Let's do this. No, no, you, man, Tim, man. no, no, you're right. You're I right. like it. Oh, we <laughs> go. Oh, Timmy's gone? He said, man, I ain't giving up that spot. I'm out of here. <laughs> okay, we'll so... too much information on him, yeah. No, he, he was lagging a little bit. He'll be, he'll be back in a second. That's all right. Well, Silas, let's start with you then. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, though. Tell us a little bit about yourself for those that don't know you and, uh, you know, what you do, you know, when you're not fishing and how you got into kayak fishing. Yeah, cool. Um, so uh, I guess I work for a body shop uh, here in Bryan, Texas. Uh, kind of been in the paint body industry for about 10 years or so, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, got into kayak fishing about three years ago. I mean, kind of just like everybody else you know i was addicted like almost immediately okay. um i kind of just dove straight in and tried to fish as many tournaments as i could just to kind of it was like i felt like it was a good way to learn i mean yeah you're spending money but you're learning all these techniques that other people are doing to win and uh yeah i feel like it really paid off for me in about three years you know so that's yeah. quick but uh, yeah, awesome. but uh, I guess uh, another thing, you know, we, we also have, me and Tim actually have a, a, a battery company, so we're building custom lithium batteries for everybody and kind of uh, started donating some packs to TKC as well as the Southeast Texas Trail. Dang, man, shout out your company. What? Heck yeah, it's uh, called Volta Lithium. Uh, you can look it up on Facebook, and we also have a website. There you go. Nice, man. Well, congratulations on that. So how yeah, you, how's it felt to fish in a Fairfield? How did you feel about your second place? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think it was uh, kind of clear. You know, me and Tim are good friends. Uh, like I said, we fish that lake uh, kind of all the time. So there's a good rivalry between us. So, you know, I was a little bummed to lose to him, but uh, also, you know, super excited that, that he was able to win. Um, but, yeah, Fairfield's one of my favorite lakes. Uh, I think a lot of guys kind of know that at this point after some good showings in the kbbt trail um pretty much was all out there the whole time but but yeah yeah you made a name for yourself on the kbbb trail as far as locally um yeah. i heard your name a lot coming up at the kbbb trail um i know some of the local anglers really know who you are and uh and you know what 
like you know that you you're not um even though you may not be known nationally in texas a lot of people got a lot of respect for your game and what you've done out there so tim is probably trying to get on um so while we wait for tim let's go ahead and start with you silas um what uh what areas of fairfield did you fished what's what do you started off and what draw you to that area and why do you think that area produced the bites that you were looking for? Yeah, I mean, uh, to start off, you know, we had that big freeze just a couple of weeks yeah. ago. And then we had all this warm weather all of a sudden. So I kind of went with one game plan, and that's that I was going to find just shallow grass because I knew that it would warm up a little bit quicker than everything else. Yeah. Uh, I didn't necessarily think that they were spawning or anything of that nature, but I just thought that some of the bigger fish were just going to be moving up. And... Uh, yeah, so I just found a shallow pocket. I went pretty much in the very back of it and started chunking around a jackhammer, and sure enough, got bit pretty quickly. I mean, it was only about 20 minutes into the tournament. Had already hooked up with like a 20 and a half. Uh, nice. But yeah, uh, just kept on fishing that area. You know, I changed up some baits a little bit and was able to draw out a couple more strikes. Like a, I threw a Cinco a little bit later on and uh, caught a 21 and that was kind of like in the thicker grass, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just kept on working the shallow water. It was kind of like a, I would say like a football size, football field size area that the fish were actually in. And then, you know, later on in the day, I don't know why I decided to leave. Uh, wind started blowing real bad. So I was like, you know, I don't know. I just watched the skeet, uh, skeet reese video and it was talking about how he had uh, won this tournament like fishing this windy point with swim bait so i like had this idea in my head okay i'm gonna go out here to this windy point and just like kill him well no <laughs> i went out there pretty much wasted like three or four hours and eventually made my way back to that pocket where uh, tim was actually still there and just wrecking shop on him do you, do you mind giving up your color, or are you one of them fire crawl people? Or no, no, no. I was a uh, I was throwing a, a black and blue jackhammer, and I had a green pumpkin trailer. And was that uh, was the water a little muddy? Is that why you went with black and blue, or do you just is that your color? Uh, I feel like whenever the water for me, it's like more about the water temperature. Sometimes the color too, but um, yeah, I feel like in the winter months. Uh, early spring black and blue kind of just does the trick um also you know i know at that lake particularly you know they're feeding on bluegill so anything that darker color green pumpkin probably would have worked just the same uh but yeah that black and blue kind of gives that bigger profile too so it seems to draw that bigger bite and can can you kind of back up for a second if you don't mind armando kind of yeah, for all the people that aren't in texas like I mean, I used to live in Texas, but can you kind of explain Fairfield and how it sets up? Like, is it like everybody thinks of Texas and especially North Texas? Is it kind of super, you know, rocky, not a whole lot of trees, you know, just that kind of, I guess, yeah, Amarillo, not much to it, not a lot of contour. Yeah, I mean, it really is just like you said, uh, it's kind of a lake that doesn't have a, a lot of contour. But the banks do dive off pretty quickly. You know, you get 20, 30 foot away from the bank, you're probably sitting in 15 to 20 foot of water okay. uh, pretty quickly. Um, you know, a lot of people don't fish like any type of ridges or, 
uh, no ledge fishing, any of that type of stuff. I mean, it is a grass lake, so there's plenty of that to fish. Um, you know, during the summer, it has a, a 15-foot ring of grass, you know, thick matted grass all the way around the whole thing. So, like, shoreline grass, not yeah, like shoreline grass. Deep, deep, like, hydrilla, not like offshore grass. I mean, there is, like, a hydrilla offshore as well. Like, uh, it, it just kind of depends on the time of the year. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I've I found it in 10 foot of water for sure. Okay, cool. Well, it sounds like a healthy lake, at least. Oh, yeah. And um, I think we were talking earlier about, you know, how they turned off the power plant there. and I kind of really feel like that did the lake probably the best. I mean, I think the bait is able to thrive a little bit more. So they're just feeding up now. And why, why was that? Was it like nuclear power or coal power? And yeah, they... it, it was a coal power plant. Uh, I think they call it the big brown plant. But um, mm. yeah. Dark power. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, whenever you have that power plant, it seems like fish get really abundant. You know, we see it like on fade all the time. There's a bunch of fish out there. Uh, but you hardly ever find a fish over like 22 inches. I mean, they're out there for sure. But the majority of big bass winds at Fayette are like a 22 inch fish. Kind of the same thing is, uh, was about Fairfield, but now that they've turned off the plant, I feel like the fish are just getting bigger. You know, huh. the ones that were there, maybe not as abundant as it once was, but the fish are bigger. So I guess it's a trade off. Cool. I, I've never heard anybody say something like that before. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we were talking about the um, pre-recording. Like when you look at the Texas Wildlife Park Department, it actually has it categorized as a uh, as a poor uh, lake for bass fishing. But I've heard a lot of the anglers say it's it's a great place for bass fishing. And I know Silas probably doesn't want me to say that. <laughs> one of his favorite places, but it's interesting because one of the things they mentioned is because of the power plant that's not there anymore. That's one of the reasons why it's not so great. And the fact that they haven't stocked it in God knows when. But it's apparently from what the anglers, a lot of the anglers are telling me, and I've never fished it, is including Dustin Nichols from the uh, Chasing the Tide segment we have every other Sunday. Um, it's it's his favorite lake. And he's got, I know he's pulled up giants out of that spot. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like one of those give and take things. I mean, I think if you're, I mean, I think it's the same on any lake, but if you're on a good pattern and you can pattern something out, yeah, I mean, it at Fairfield, a lot of times it takes 100 inches to win, but, you know, only a couple guys are going to get that, and, you know, maybe only a third of the field really catches a limit, so that kind of, you know, yeah, you have big fish, but they're not as abundant. Yeah. So. I, I don't like, like, you know, I, I we just had a tournament at my local club where you had, uh, the same exact thing, like a third of the field caught fish, and then a couple of guys, one guy caught a 25, and that's awesome, but uh, the other two-thirds of that field zeroed. And, you know, it's that that's no fear. That's no fun. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, unless you just fish that lake all the time and you just know it. I mean, yeah. uh, it's hard. I mean, I, I was actually uh, kind of scared. There's two guys that I actually fear a lot at at Fairfield because just because they're dangerous, I'll give them a little shout out, but it's Derek Miller and uh, James Louvier. And uh, man, those two guys, they get on Fairfield and yeah, you better catch a hundred inches or you're not going to win. 
Casey said they couldn't turn that power plant on a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> hey, you're right. I mean, good point. Good point. They should have. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, we definitely would have needed. So let me ask you this, Silas. Um, you mentioned the jackhammer, and obviously that's one of the top baits and a lot of people love, but also one of the top baits that kind of a lot of people hate because of the price point. What's your feeling about the jackhammer? Do you think it's every worth every penny, or do you think it's overrated? How much do you like that uh, jackhammer? I, I pretty do, much sold, <laughs> I throw it pretty much exclusively. Um, you know, I guess to to rewind, like back whenever I was a kid, uh, the Z-Man Chatterbait had like just came out. I didn't really fish a lot, but you know, I'd go to ponds from time to time. And I swear, I'd throw that bait and I'd be like just wrecking them. And my friends might only catch one or two fish. So I've kind of been a, I guess, a Z-Man fanboy, if you will. So whenever they came out with a jackhammer, I mean, I, I was all for it. Uh, I will say that, you know, as far as vibration and the the feeling that you get from the bait, I mean, it starts the fastest, you know, you rip it out of grass and it's already vibrating if it has a clean blade. I mean, they all have problems, uh, but the jackhammer just seems to be my favorite. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with success and how much money it's won, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, so many people in tournament anglers fish that one that I'm sure the ratio of tournament anglers that fish it is way offset, you know, like it, maybe it's hard to actually say, you know, cause that so many people fish that one, but yeah, you, you just can't argue it's success. Are you graphite composite or straight fiberglass? Like, not not many people fish. Yeah. Fiberglass. Yeah. I mean, uh, for my chatterbait rod, I, I like a, uh, like a seven, six, uh, medium heavy to a heavy. It kind of depends on time of year, heavy in the winter, medium heavy, like towards the summer and stuff. Um, also fishing on fluorocarbon. I don't think a lot of guys do, but uh, I've lost so many fish fishing a heavy rod with braid on a jackhammer. You know, they jump one time and throw it. You know, uh, I that that's kind of been my problem the last two years. I was like, no, I'm, I'm fixing this, you know, uh, finding the right action rod so that way, Whenever I get the bite, I can actually land the fish, you know, because if you're not landing them, you're not going to win a tournament. Is it a graphite rod or a composite? Uh, it's graphite. Graphite. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, especially with graphite, you you know, fiberglass, I mean, especially with graphite, you would definitely need the fiberglass. I, I, I guess I could see with composite, maybe, you know, a braid, you would have a little bit of give in the composite rod, but especially with graphite, you would definitely need, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just that's, a little bit too stiff. Yeah. Easy to throw. But. That's a little piece of information that I've... Uh, and I'll actually go back to what I, the, what I did on the tournament over the weekend, not to take anything, not to take the attention right now from Silas. But I was listening to your podcast then, and I thought it was a gem when, Dan, when uh, Russ Snyder and Jody Quinn were talking about what rods and what lines to use on a jackhammer. If anybody out there listening... Go check out that last the one. What's that podcast? The uh, the one with Russ Snyder and Jody Quinn. Yeah, it was it was a couple of weeks ago. Was it? I was. I know. I, I listened to it 
a few weeks after or like a couple of weeks after yeah it was but I, over i listened you know, it over the last week yeah that was, that that listening to those two guys talk about the jack ham and chatterbait that anybody that's listening you go check out that podcast that because the information that was sent over there there we got tim roman joining us there he is <laughs> Hey, got you back. <laughs> so, now you don't have X Zone behind you. Team X Zone, man. I had, to, I had to get closer to the main router. Apparently, I have to to it. Well, we got you. Got you back. Sorry but about that. Before we go into Tim, just wanted to finish that thought. That that conversation, I, and I thought both Ross and Jody Quinn hit it on the nail on the head. You go with a braid if you have a rod like a medium rod or you or maybe a medium heavy but if you have a heavy rod you go with the fluorocarbon leader at least to give you that give and that's a change that i've made since listening to that podcast and i i mean i'm it's only been a couple of weeks but i've i mean going straight floor with my medium rod i lost i would lose like maybe two out of five um bites on the on the chatterbait and since then it's i mean i couldn't even get the the hook out of that thing but it's it go and again anybody that's listening go check out that that podcast it's great information just listening to ross and and, and jody queen talk about that is a piece of gem like so anyways you're, tim you're gonna have to have some give somewhere if yeah if you have composite rod you can use braid if you're having a graphite rod you're and you're you you can use fork fluorocarbon that like you have to have some give in there somewhere you know or you're going to lose fish yeah yeah unless you just got a beast winch and you're just hauling them in i mean that works with swim bait fishing but it seems like chatter baits i mean they just get away from you yeah, yeah. so tim uh again glad to have you on back uh well, let's back. let's go ahead with you tell us a little bit about mm -hmm. yourself timothy um you know what you do other than fishing and what got you into kayak fishing uh i'm unfortunately a lawyer so most people probably think I'm a person. but uh yeah i i got into kayak fishing i wasn't tournament fishing or anything by 2011 i was down here in uh, law school down by houston <clears throat> and i just met a guy i was bank fishing rice? i met a guy what's that rice or uh rice or what university of houston no uh south texas the private school downtown oh, it's, okay. uh, yeah, no, I just met a guy. He had a kayak. I was like, man, that's cool. And and he was telling me about it. And, uh, you know, my first one I think was a uh, was that Lifetime Tamarack, like the 10 footer from one of the stores. And, you know, I started out fishing Sheldon on a kayak. You know, Silas knows what that is. But uh, yeah, that's just kind of how I got into it and got hooked ever since. What, 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 what kind of kayaks are y'all in now? Tim? I, I got an old PA-12. Silas is mojoed up old PA-12, actually. Oh, yeah. It has plenty of love in that kayak. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm in a 2020 uh, PA-14-360. Okay. Big money. All right. <laughs> it was my, I turned 30 in October, and I was like, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to get what I want, you know? Doing well in the body shop game. I, I, I see what's going on. Yes, sir. Are you sure, Silas, you're not the lawyer then? No. <laughs> right? right. Well, I'm saying, man. I'm 
So, so like he's sending people from the like got in a collision. He's sending them your way over to Tim. Like it's giving hey. people car. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we yeah, should do this. So, Tim, uh, kind of catch you up with, with the with the conversation. Tell us a little bit about uh, where you fished in Fairfield. You know what type of uh, and I and I already know that you fished kind of with where Silas was, but. You know, tell us a little bit about area. Why did you choose to fish that area? What a, you know, what a, what draw you to fish that area? And what do you think that area helped you um, land first place? Um, I'd say it was just a history thing. I mean, Silas probably said it too. Neither one of us really got to pre-fish. Um, you know, we we were busy working, and um, we just we've had success launching uh, at the south ramp and just making circles and. You know, we kind of just started on opposite ends. We just said, hey, he's going to go here. I'm going to go here. You know, we'll just we'll do what we can. And um, we just decided to basically start almost right across from each other. Right. I mean, it was yeah, fairly yeah. close. Yeah. And uh, we ended up meeting, you know, during the morning. I had to use this hotspot so, so I could upload my fit. But, uh, yeah, we just made big circles, to be honest with you. And then uh, – Worked out well for us. So, so Silas, you had to give him your hotspot to for him to upload the fish he just beat you on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, I didn't know he was actually going to beat me. If he'd have started with that, I probably would have ran the other direction and not let him catch up. Oops, but... battery's gone. Sorry, yeah. it's not working. <laughs> yeah. Twice. How do you use it twice, man? Yeah. <clears throat> at, at least I, uh, I I beat you on the on the first limit thing, you know. Yeah, crushed my dreams. <laughs> yeah, he came over to me all excited, and he was like, uh, yeah, hey, I need to submit my fish real quick uh, for the first limit. And I was like, oh, I got six fish already. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't you, like, cut a deal or something? It's like, hey, I'll let you use the hotspot, but I'm going to charge you, like, you know, for kilobytes or per second, yeah, right? something like that, or get it out uh, of the winnings, maybe? Yeah, percentage of his winnings, for sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give him ideas, man. I've had to use that a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's a lawyer. He'd start bringing up contracts and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, you're going to lose on that one, unfortunately. Yeah. Better just let him have it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dan, you got a, another question for Tim before we move on to the next two, Silas? No, I, I, well, I want to hear about the baits. What, what what were you throwing about there? Silas was throwing a jackhammer? Where, is, is that where you were throwing to? Uh. At first, yeah, I went out. Sorry, my voice is kind of gone on me. <clears throat> I went out at first thinking, oh, man, it's going to be a top water day. You know, it's real foggy and cloudy. The water was calm. I was like, oh, man, the top water bite is just going to be <clears throat> on fire. And then I didn't have a bite for like the first hour. <laughs> and so I, I just kind of abandoned it and started throwing that jackhammer around and got a couple bites. Um, but then I saw Silas and, you know, he's like, yeah. So he's kind of throwing that too. I was like, okay, maybe I need to change this up a little bit. And, um, I just turned around the other direction with a frog and got a bite. And I just kind of ran with it, stuck with it most of the day. So. A frog, huh? What, what was the water temperature there? Like 54. Wow. Yeah. 54 degree frog. All right. I like it. I, I, I'm you can hear him, though. Oh, could you? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm usually like 55 is like 
Oh, I'm just waiting for it to see at 55. But yeah, I mean, if you can hear them, you know, like I had a buddy here, it's still, you know, low fifties. And he, you know, he caught a couple the other day on a spook. So not to give anything away, but yeah, I mean, you can catch one on a spook even whenever it's not 55. So shoot, I threw it. I mean, probably for 30 yeah. minutes or so in the morning, maybe an hour. Uh, it's one of my favorite baits. I didn't get a sniff on a spook. I threw a frog too. Yeah. Didn't get a sniff on that either. Uh, yeah. Chatterbait was just the thing. I, mean, I think uh, Tim couldn't even, like he was telling me, he couldn't even buy a bite on Chatterbait later on in the day. And mm. I mean, it was kind of weird just because I was catching them on him kind of all day. I mean, I went several hours without a bite, but whenever I was in the right area, they were biting it. And then, of course, he's catching them on a frog. So it just tells you that fishing is just about how you work your bait, I guess. Yeah, it's totally... Oh, yeah. So as much research as we do, it's it's kind of yeah. unpredictable. So censoring that much grass this time of the year, was it like a popping frog or a, just a, a regular frog? Oh, I was just a regular old booyah pad crasher, just a normal size frog. I mean, I threw it in the morning. It's the weirdest thing. I threw it in the morning, and I didn't get a bite. And then I got a couple chatterbait fish, and I thought maybe I'd stick with that, and it just wasn't great for me. So I went, <clears throat> like I said, I just turned around and started fan casting a frog over a flat and got a bite and just stuck with it and got another bite. So I just kind of stayed with it, you know. Was it a dead mat, dead mat flat, like a dead grass flat? Dead grass mats, is that where you were throwing it up on? Or was it new good grass? Uh, it wasn't new grass. Uh, I mean, it was, there was scattered grass everywhere. I mean, Fairfield, you got deep spots and then you got a lot of shallow flats and stuff you can go to. You can kind of pick your poison. <clears throat> and there was just a bunch of dead matted grass, you know, here, there. And yeah. it was just spotted like that. But the crazy thing is I couldn't catch them. I saw them schooling out in the middle and popping bait out of the top of the water. And I, I went over there and couldn't buy a bite on anything. Hmm. It's the weirdest thing ever. I have no idea what was going on. Yeah, so, I, don't know. I, I know sometimes for me that those dead grass mats, they heat up on, you know, yeah. the water is a little cold. Sometimes they hold a little bit of heat and you can catch yeah. them around. So, yeah, maybe. I, who knows? Hey, hey, it worked. First place. Yeah. Kind of going back to that, uh, I was looking at the standings, and you you two pretty much ran away with it. Was anybody else fishing in that area, other than you two, that you know of? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I fished near Eric Simeon. He came around me, and then we ended up by each other later in the day. Um, and then uh, I think we saw what MP. We saw MP two Silas and a yeah. couple other people. So, yeah, I think because there was like a dozen or so people that launched down there with us, and they were all, yeah. uh, we were all in the same general area. Yeah, I noticed on the, it, it seemed like it was really top heavy um, as far as the standings. You got YouTube, which pretty much dominated. Third place came in at, at 83, and then it really went into a cliff dive after the eighth spot, where pretty much everybody was like one, two fish. Or I mean, I think like half the field got skunked. What do you think? What do, what do you? What is the reason you think you guys were able to be so successful and 
more than half the field struggles so much with that. Uh, was just basically you guys having so much knowledge about the lake or is there other factors involved, do you think? Uh, I'll give my take on it, but I think that uh, probably, I, I think that everybody is probably fishing a little bit too slow. You know, uh, thinking, okay, well, it's cold. You know, they're going to be lethargic. And I mean, most of my bites came from that reaction, you know, so I was really trying to move fast and it, I really wasn't getting a lot on slow moving baits. Like even whenever I was throwing that Cinco, I mean, I had two bites on it and I threw it quite a bit. Um, luckily one of my big fish came on it, but it, it really wasn't the deal. It was more about the, the chatterbait and working it fast. What's your thoughts on it, Tim? Uh, you know, it was, yeah, it was a weird day to be honest with you. I mean, I'll be straight with you. Fairfield does not normally fish like that. Um, you know, if you look at the results from around the sound last year and that combined tournament we had, I mean, there was a lot of us <clears throat> up there, you know, high eighties in the nineties, you know, there's quite a few people, um, the freeze may have had something to do with it, yeah. but I feel like maybe they were just, they were hungry. And so it's like Silas said, you know, they just, if you put it in front of their face and kept it going, they were, it was just that reaction bite. They were being real aggressive on there. Dan, you had another question? No, I'm just, I'm still taking in the frog <laughs> thing. I like that. I'm going to frog right now. I love it. I, I'm putting yeah, my, that's... I'm going to Gunners this weekend. I'm putting a frog. I'm putting my frog box yeah. in the bag. That's all you need, baby. Just I'm some frogs. Yeah. I'm bringing it. You, you guys kind of touched on it already, but um, why? What adjustments did you make during the tournament, and what made you change? Made you think you had to make adjustments? Tim, let's start mm -hmm. with you. Uh, well, <clears throat> not having a bite in the first hour kind of stuff. <laughs> that told me a little bit. I was, I was, man, that threw me for a loop with the kind of day it was. But uh, you know, when I had the when I had those chatterbait bites, I thought I might run with it. And then I met Silas, and you know, I, I don't like to fish over people doing the same thing because um, I feel like you just don't get as many bites. And uh, you know, I think it was just kind of dumb luck. I could see them popping fish out in the middle so i knew eventually they would turn on and just happen to be there at the right time throwing a frog of all things so and what about you silas uh yeah so um i definitely made the wrong choice but uh <laughs> <laughs> but i made a choice off of um i, I guess over the my last uh, couple tournaments uh, i just seemed to be uh i, I was in a in the spot of you know maybe leading in the morning you know you can never tell by the standings but at least i was doing real good in the morning caught a limit early and i would just kind of stay in that same general area you know just doing the same thing and i would never get a bigger bite so for me whenever i got that limit uh i had three 20s and two 16s i'm like you know what there's 18s and 20s all over this lake I'm just going to leave this area and just try to do it somewhere else, you know, to find another 20. And it ended up being 
just a complete waste of my day. <laughs> uh, so much so that I left. And then in the last, you know, 45 minutes or so, I make it back to that area. As soon as I get close, I get a bite, you know. Um, hey, but it, it took the, you know, you went and did it and you, you know, you left fish to go try to upgrade. I mean, that, that takes, you know, you know what I want to say. That's, you know, that's, that's difficult to do, man. Yeah. Takes I mean, guts. Um, <laughs> you, you went to win. You didn't sit back and just, oh, I'm going to get a check. I'm, I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to go try to find a big bite. That's, that's cool, man. Yeah. Do, do you feel now in hindsight, do you feel that was a good move that otherwise you wouldn't have gotten in second place? Or do you see it glass half empty where it's like if it would have stayed there, I would have gotten in first place? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, obviously it, it could have gone either way, really. Even if I stayed in that area, fished right over the top of Tim. I mean, you know, it was it was probably really just Tim's day. And, uh, you know... Uh, in hindsight, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have moved again. Uh, it's really not in my nature to to leave a productive area either. I mean, I believe that fish recycle. So, you know, as long as you can kind of move from that area, but maybe not go too far and you come back in maybe several hours or, you know, an hour, maybe hour and a half, maybe you can catch another fish in that same spot. You kind of uh, touched on it a little bit, but having the dynamic of having Tim fish that same area, did that factor into your decision? Oh, Lord, somebody's house. <laughs> Tim's about to get crushed. No, they're putting my tankless water heater in. I'm oh. up during the food. Uh, I'm sorry. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Got distracted with the crashing sound. No, the the fact, the dynamic of having Tim fish at the same oh. area, and I know it doesn't bother you because you guys are buddies and you were okay, kind of like fishing. But you kind of touched on it. You didn't want to fish where Tim was fishing or casting over Tim. So did, was that the big factor? Decide you, yeah, you know, I want to, I want to leave this area, or was it just uh, the reasons why you decided to? You yeah, know, I mean, fish it, to find it really fish? didn't have anything to do with Tim. Um, I mean. I, if, you know, I don't know, uh, if maybe if I'd have seen him catch a few, maybe I would have, uh, stayed around. I don't know. Uh, it, it was more just the fact that, uh, like I said about the recent tournaments and on how they, they played out whenever I didn't move. So I was like, all right, well, let me just try something different to see if I can get a different result. Um, yeah, that, that's basically all it was. I mean, in hindsight, I mean, I could have just stayed back there in that general area and probably found some fish, but I just decided to just haul butt to the, not the other end of the lake, but a good distance away. Cool. It's tough. I mean, you know, it, it's always tough. You want to say you shouldn't have done it, but you know, who knows, man, what could have happened. Could have went out there and caught the fish of your life, you know? You never know. Yeah. I, I will tell you a lion uh, fishing story if you want to hear it real quick. Heck yeah, man. Heck Dude, yeah. That's so, what, uh, what our podcasts are about. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I leave and then I come back and I told you I catch that fish. Well, um, it's like not on a point. It's like a, I guess, just a little deviation in the grass. And uh, I pitch out there. Sure enough, you know, this fish bites my jackhammer after I rip it out of the grass and man, this fish is like fighting hard, you know, 
pulling drag and I'm like, this is the fish. This is the fish that's going to win me the tournament, you know? And <clears throat> I swear it comes to the surface and I don't know if it was just pure adrenaline rush or whatever, you know, everybody lies about, Oh, that fish I caught was a 20, you know, and they lose it. Um, but it, it, it to me looked like for sure a 20 inch fish at least. Well, I'm fighting it a little bit longer and it gets stuck in the grass. And all of a sudden I feel this, you know, this tap on my line. It, you know, it really thumped it pretty hard. Well, <clears throat> the fight loses all enthusiasm after that. Like, seriously, there was no fight left. And I just reeled this fish in and I swear it was just a 16 and a half inch fish. And yeah, I have no idea what happened. You know, maybe the bait got stolen by the smaller fish, but uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that's a cool story. On him? But, I mean, was he like, like had a branch stuck on his mouth, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, whenever I saw him, it, it didn't have any grass on him. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, just a fish, but it was seriously pulling drag. Uh, and not, hardly any of the fish that day were fighting that hard. I don't know if maybe I got him back in the gill or something, so he's just yeah. fighting super hard. But it happened, Drew Gregory, on it, you know, where he had the little. Maybe it happened in reverse. Drew had the little one that come off, and then he caught the, you know, the big fish at a tournament. Maybe yours was in reverse. He had the big one come off, and then you. Yeah, yeah. who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, I, come we'll to find out, it wouldn't have done me any good. <laughs> yeah. But, there you go. Yeah, I think Tim would have still won. I mean, I'd have still been like maybe one inch behind him or so. So, so Tim, how do you how do you feel about Yuri Soli? I mean, you got what was it ninety nine inches on that lake? Yeah, are you surprised at that yeah. result? Surprised? Yeah. Was I happy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Not gonna ask the obvious, but. <laughs> oh man, it's the best thing in the world to come around the corner and and say how much you got, Silas. <laughs> appreciate that buddy you're welcome you're leaving your hot spot but uh yeah no it's a uh, man i'm super happy with that last year we uh we had a good tournament out there and it took over a hundred i think <clears throat> to win it so i knew it was going to take a lot and uh i mean i really i only had 95 and three quarters i think until that last fish last 20 that i caught and it just bumped me up a little bit higher but it's a good day and i can't complain when you get to frog all day that's just that's my favorite thing to do what was your biggest fish your big bass uh 20 just 20 and a half i think what about you silas uh 21 oh 20 so you ended who ended up getting the big bass of the day i think it was eric came too yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that on the on the on the live show when uh, they were announcing the winners. Yeah, twenty. What is it? Twenty three inches, I think. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw so. that. Let me ask you something, Silas. Um, I noticed on that tournament, and I haven't seen it in any of the other tournaments. And granted, I don't have the most experience on tournament fishing, but uh, one thing that I like about that, and again, I don't know how many tournaments do it, but if not enough are doing it, I hope they. Um, do that um that 
that about the first limit gets you a prize. What was it like, two hundred and fifty dollars, something? Like yeah, two hundred fifty bucks. Wow, that's cool. I've never heard anybody doing that. Yeah, me neither. I thought I thought that's genius. That yeah, that's the coolest thing ever. I mean, I definitely like it. I mean, it keeps people from sandbagging too. I yeah. Mean, you know. Yeah. And you won that, right? You got the yep. the biggest limit, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I even submitted like a twelve inch fish, you know just so I could have that, that five fish limit so I could win. But, uh. That's a, that is a cool idea. And I hope more tournaments do that as a tournament angler. I don't like people sandbagging. Now I understand like, uh, like Tim, you may not have signal. You have, need a buddy that has a hotspot to help you out. But I mean, people that sandbag on purpose, which I don't get it. Cause a lot, I always think like, what if I drop the phone? <laughs> after i caught five fish on the water or i yeah, ran out of battery or something happens that and I, i'm i'm wondering how many people that sandbag have gone through that there's like oh crap i dropped the phone and now i can't upload the pictures so i don't i'm not a fan of it i don't understand why anybody would do it i don't really think it gives you an advantage um competitively but hey, you know, the only time judge. i ever sandbagged was in the kbbt and yeah. that was because you're going one-on-one -on -one and like I was fishing. Oh, yeah. Like Doug uh, Wilson. Huh? Doug Wilson from Florida? Yeah. yeah. I'm fishing yeah. against Doug Wilson in Florida. He's going to yeah. catch 100 plus inches. I don't need to give him any more motivation to beat me. So it was like, I just sandbag, you know, a little bit because and I think I only caught like 85 that day or like 89. I'd like, like I didn't need to give him any more, so I just kind of took it a little bit easy uploading the pictures. Yeah, but I got like yeah. he didn't have a great day. Like the one day of the year that he didn't put up over a hundred inches, and it happened to be that day. I lucked out. The next KBBT, he won it all, but that was the, like the one day of that first series that he lost. And then I ended up getting beat by Conrad and he put me in a dank meme and cut off my head. Like I feel the worst meme in the world. I'm not, I'm not putting him down. He did a great job. That's, that's no, you know, well, not, what I like, I down his Photoshop. Skills. I'm like Tim, I'm Conrad's, you know, devil's advocate. Like, I, I I like how he spice it up, but I I do have to admit when he loses, he loses with dignity. And I think didn't um, did he lose against you, Silas? Uh, he yeah, gave yeah. yeah, and he gave you a lot of credit. Like I liked how he talked about you, you know, carrying the torch, and you know he 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 talked a lot of trash going against it because I heard him talking about oh Silas had never <laughs> ran yeah. into an angler like myself and all that. I'm like man, he deep six great, but. Might, he might win just because he's in Florida and he's also a great angler. But I like the fact when you beat him, he did give you props. Did you ever had a problem with all the trash talking that he did? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think Conrad fills a, a, a great spot. There's also another guy here in Texas, uh, Clifton Allen. But man, these guys, like, they, they talk a lot of smack talk, which I think it's like good for the sport. You know, yeah. it, it creates like some kind of bond, like, you know, as long as you're not taking it too far. Yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah, talking to Conrad, like, the day of the tournament, the day before, like, we really messaged a lot uh, back and forth. And, I mean, he's genuinely a, a, a good guy, you know. I think 
just on, you know, on the internet and on Facebook, you know, he tries to uh, be confident and uh, yeah, we, we need a little bit of that in the sport. So, uh, but yeah, he, he, he's a good, he's a great guy. I mean, I, I actually really enjoyed beating him though, you know, after all this. Oh, yeah. too, so. Especially when he's fishing in Florida. I have zero problem with track talking as long as it's, you know, like in light as long as, you know, not, to me, not, as long as you don't attack somebody's character. You yeah. know, you can make fun of their fishing, blah, 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 but don't attack somebody's character. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's day. where you draw the line. Yeah, for sure. Tim, so what is, uh, what's next for you? What is, talk, talk to me a little bit about your goals, your next tournament, and, you know, other than winning everything, because that's, uh, that's what we're in for. But what are you looking forward to uh, continuing with the season? What are you looking to fish? And that new hot water meter. Yeah, man. Seriously, man. <laughs> I haven't had hot water for a minute. It's been terrible. Um, so I'm actually headed to Oklahoma tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go with both the guys from Texas. Yeah, to go fish the Hobie Broken Bow. Um, nice. But, uh, you know, this year I, I kind of set a goal to, to try and just do well with the Nationals. You know, I, I don't have any grand plans of taking over the scene or anything like that, man. I You know, some of those people that are – amazing fishermen you know it takes a lot of effort to beat them and uh you know i just set modest goals every year just a little bit more um you know winning a tournament was one of them this year if i finally got that you know i just really want to have a good showing on the national scene as well this year but uh broken bows next crystal clear water no freaking clue what i'm doing so that ought to be fun Ever fish broken bow before? I like that that would have been my jam i wish somebody would have told me <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what's going on. It's crystal clear. You can't you see a mile away down the water. So, so, what about you, Silas? What's next for you? What's your next tournament, and what are your plans for this year? So, how the tournament scene goes. Yeah. Uh, so the next tournament is the the bass tournament on uh, Fork. Lake Fork. Um, not this weekend, but next. Uh, so yeah, that's my focus right now. Hopefully, I'm going to get out there this weekend and and scout some areas. Uh, just for look for something kind of off the beaten path a little bit. Um, as far as this year's goals, um, kind of I feel like I've I've been really close to to winning some tournaments, and yeah, that's my goal is to win one. But um, my my goal is to actually be like angler of the year of just one of our local trails, uh, and definitely doing everything that I can to to do that. You know, doing all the research, uh, maybe getting out on the lake couple weeks early just to kind of scout the area you know I, I don't it's hard to fish off of history especially on a tournament day yeah. uh, but just taking everything in and, and using all that to come up with a good tournament strategy and if that doesn't work have a plan b kind of lined up what tournament what local trolls are you fishing that are you targeting the end of the year just in north texas or um, yeah so the the trail that I'll fish every event at is uh, the Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League. Um, that, that's the one I'm really shooting for the Angler of the Year in. Uh, I'm also fishing the TKC Tournament Kayak Championships. I'm, I'm kind of fishing all of them, to be honest. I mean, I, th I think I have like 20 tournaments on my schedule this year. Wow. That's the only thing that I, I and I and I get it. There's so many tournaments, and actually KBF is going to be here in April as well. So it's, there's going to be overlapping. There's going to be some tournaments going to be stacked one top of the other, top of the other. But for me, being from North Texas, it kind of sucks that 
two of the tournaments for TKC and North Texas are gonna be, are in the same day. This one that just passed, and then the next one at Joe Pool Lake. Are you gonna go to Joe Pool Lake, or are you planning to go to uh, Hubbard Creek on TKC? Yeah, I, I plan on going to Hubbard Creek. Um, yep. Kind of my only reasoning for. Uh, I mean, I love the North Texas uh, Kayak Championships Trail. Like you know, uh, Duke puts on a good show. Yeah. Um, but you Happy know, birthday, Duke. By the way. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, happy birthday, Duke. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, a, a tournament with TKC on Palestine, where I've only fished there like maybe twice, uh, or a tournament on one of my favorite lakes. Yeah, I'm probably gonna fish my favorite lake just to just to see if I have a chance at, at getting in the money, and and we actually did. So yeah, cool. Yeah. So what did you? Did you decide it, what draw you into, well, probably because you already knew, are more familiar with Fairfield. Is that why you decided to go Fairfield instead of Palestine? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, 100% just that. I was just way more familiar with the lake. And Tim, what about you? What local trolls are you angling for this year? Uh, Pretty much exactly the same as Silas. I mean, we lived, what, 45 minutes to an hour each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm... I, I really want to fish Joe Pool, but I, I got to count my numbers, so I'm going to fish Hubbard Creek, too. And, um, you know, I'm going to try and do three trails. I got Southeast Texas. I'll fish all of those, and I think I'll be able to make three of the North Texas and then at least three of the TKCs. So. Nice. Awesome. Dan, you had another question? No. That's it. Well, congratulations on the, on the first congratulations. Place, guys. Thank you. Next, um, you. next week we're gonna have actually um, Clayton. Clayton, I forgot how to spell your last name. Um, not pronounce your last name, but Clayton. Let's just say Clayton because I don't want to square. Clayton won the TKC. He was actually gonna join us today, uh, but he's on his anniversary dinner, so Ooh. so he got a nice check from the TKC. So I'm thinking he changed his reservation from IHOP to Del Frisco. <laughs> Congratulations to Clayton. He'll be here next week to talk about his big win at the TKC. But before we let you guys go, we're gonna give you a few minutes to talk about you know your sponsors. Anybody you want to thank? Uh, Tim, you want to start? Exxon. Let's hear about Exxon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, first and foremost, uh, the big man upstairs. You know, it's uh, fishing is a very uh, random sport, so I couldn't do it without without the big man upstairs and a loving, supporting wife who doesn't uh, make me stay home all the time. So those are my two biggest sponsors, and then uh, definitely Exxon Lures, like like Dan was talking about. You know, they make phenomenal baits. I use so many of their baits. And, uh, you know, the rest of my sponsors, Rod Gloves, Ben's Fishing, best braid on the market, you know, Leviathan Rods, uh, Breakline Fishing. It's a great uh, company for apparel. You should look them up. You know, Gator Guards. Just these companies that work with us, uh, especially in the kayak world. You know, we're not boats. You know, we don't we don't have these big fancy boats. And so they, they go out of their way to, to help us out and let us chase our dreams. So There you go. Silas? Uh, yeah, um, it's kind of hard to go after that, but, uh, like Tim said, you know, uh, it, it's great to have a, you know, a loving and supporting wife, you know, that, uh, kind of, kind of gets the deal and, you know, allows us to get out here and, and fish and do something that we're actually passionate about. Um, I mean, what, what's, what's the point of living if you can't do what you love, you know, uh, that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, uh, uh, 
<clears throat> as far as sponsors, you know, definitely want to thank Breakline Fishing, um, I Surrender Eyewear. Uh, I got two rod sponsors, but it's Kissler Rods and Exotic Rods. Um, and of course, you know, Volta Lithium, you know, uh, they're absolutely best uh, lithium battery on the market, you know, uh, a little bit biased, but they are the best. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got. Man, nothing wrong with showing preference to your sponsors, right? Yeah. Um, are you, Silas, are you kind of hurt that Tim didn't thank you for using his hot, your hotspot? Or you think that would be rubbing salt into the wound? Mike should have been number one. Yeah, that would have <laughs> should have been number one, right? Maybe he thought, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm rubbing salt into the wound, so let me not mention well, it. God, and then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah solid yeah uh I, I will say after the tournament uh, i don't know if you felt bad or what but uh he, he bought me like two margaritas you know enchilada plate at the mexican food restaurant you know so we did it up uh, he paid for everything so he's paid yeah, cool. yeah. would he be using your hotspot in the next tournament that's the biggest no. question no no that's it that's he's it. gonna have to, well he has the money to pay for his home's hotspot yep. now <laughs> yeah for better phone service, <laughs> that's your that's going to be your next sponsor. Get like some other company, ATT, Verizon. I don't know which one you're using, Verizon. but <laughs> yeah. well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, Dan. Thank you so much, uh, for you know helping me out with the with the live show. So, you know, Bobby will do it again next week with Clayton. And I forget again, I forgot his last name, it's kind of embarrassing, but. Again, uh, thank you, guys. Uh, it's been an honor to have you on the show. Congratulations, both of you, Tim. Your first place, Garrett, your second place. And uh, looking forward to what you guys do, um, you know, both in the Bassmasters, Hobie BOS, and E-Local Trails. Best of, you, best of luck to you guys out there, and uh, thank you for joining us. Cool. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, for those out there listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, wear your PFDs on the water. Take good care of yourselves. Call your loved ones to let them know where you're going to be so you can avoid any disasters you may get home to your loved ones. Thank you again for listening to the Bass Kayak and Beers show. We appreciate it. Have a great night. Tight lunch, y'all. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.